Once more, let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Break open the scriptures through the power of your Holy Spirit, O God. Let your word, read and proclaimed, pour out until its fragrance fills this house and our lives. And then, anointed with your word, send us out to share the good news that we have received. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who is, who is and was and is to come. One God. Amen. A reading from the Old Testament, Isaiah 52, from verses 7 to 10. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messengers who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. For in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth, shout together for joy, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Reading from the Old Testament, Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me, and pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my boy. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I keep my faith even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my consternation, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord presence of all God's people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his uh, death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You have loosened my bonds. I will offer to you the thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. <coughs> the reading from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, from verses 17 to 34. Now in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. 
For to begin with, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and to, and to some extent I believe it. Indeed, there have to be some factions among you, for only so will it become clear who among you are genuine. When you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper, for when the time comes to eat, each of you proceed to eat your own supper, and one goes hungry and another becomes drunk. What, do you not have households to eat and drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you? In this manner, matter, I do not commend you. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this and eat the bread, drink, drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be answerable for the body and blood of the Lord. Examine yourselves, only then eat the bread and drink the cup. For all who eats and drinks without this discerning the body eat and drink judgment against themselves. For this reason, many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If you are hungry, eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not, it will not be for your condemnation. About the other things, I will give instructions when I come. try this again fans in the summertime when they get turned up really high blow out the candle but we still seek to follow Jesus light there's a slight error that I didn't catch in the bulletin this week and that is that we're reading from John chapter 12 verses 1 to 8 John chapter 11 it's good for you to know is the story of the raising of Lazarus, which we spoke about back in Lent because it was one of those great signs that John refers to. But it's an important context for the reading that we read today about Mary's reaction to the, to the raising of Lazarus, which is the perfuming of Jesus' feet. So we read John chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Let us listen for God's word to his people. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume and made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. 
The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And he kept the common purse and used to steal what was put in it. Jesus said, leave her alone. She, brought, she bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word to us. Mary brought a pound of very costly perfume, pure oil of nard, and anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair until the house was filled with the fragrance. Judas was furious. Furious at the woman who knelt at Jesus' feet. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given for the poor? Jesus closed his eyes, savoring the fragrant aroma of the room. Somehow, it reminded him of another place. It was the ascent reminiscent of both life and death. Leave her alone, he sighed. She has prepared me for my burial. How had she known? Why had she done this great act? Anointing one's guests was common, but the head, not the feet. No one anointed feet. It was a grimy and distasteful job to wash the feet of the guests who walked the open roads and especially the slop and refuse-covered streets of the city. Not even all servants would be required to do a job like that. Only the very lowliest of servants. Yet this woman not only washes Jesus' feet, but she anoints them. As one would anoint the feet that would walk no more. And with pure and costly nard, the fragrance must have saturated the place. How did she know? How could she have known that Jesus was about to die? Surely she was aware that anointing of the body of one who had died was a symbol of love for that person. She was, after all, a Jewish woman, and that was her task. She was, after all, the sister of Lazarus, and would have just done that last great act of love for her brother not that long before. This was a way one demonstrated tender, tenderly placing a person into the loving hands of God by ensuring 
that they were washed and anointed? Did she even know that was what she was doing as she comes and kneels at Jesus' feet? She looked up into his eyes and what was he thinking? She could never tell. Did he know that this was the only way that she could express her feelings gently and lovingly? She wiped the oil away with her hair. She knew the fragrance, the scent of her gift would stay with him for days. The next day, when everyone was in Jerusalem, and all of Jerusalem was at Jesus' feet as he entered the city in this triumphal parade of palms and, and singing, the fragrance indeed would have still clung to him, reminding him, of why he had come and where this road would lead. And later that day, the people would hear him preach. He heard them murmur amongst them, smell themselves about blasphemy. He closed his eyes and was, was strengthened by the memory that the fragrance evoked. In a few days, he too knelt to wash the feet of those whom he loved, the twelve who traveled with him. And as he leaned down and assumed the role of servant for them, again, just faintly, he smelled the fragrance. It was later that evening and the soldiers came to take him away. Was that something more than merely the fragrance of the olive trees that hung in the air? Reminding him that he had already been lovingly placed into God's hand? Then came the countless hours of interrogation, the flogging and the pain. But when he closed his eyes and was still... The barest hint of fragrance still remained, and it sustained him. He was led to Golgotha and remained there in agony, with a sign above his head and a crowd below. And yet, as he hung there alone, mixed with sweat and blood from his brow, was this fragrance. It was two weeks later, and another Mary would discover that Jesus was gone. Weekly, she sat in the empty tomb in the place where his body had lain, and she closed her eyes. Woman, why are you crying? asked a gentle voice. She didn't even look up. They have taken my Lord away, and I do not know where they have put him. A sweet fragrance wafted toward her, startled her, and seemed to surround her, to somehow penetrate her very soul and fill her with hope. Mary. She opened her eyes. 
and saw the figure. And she moved toward the fragrance. Amen.